Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Fabulous Women Over 40. I'm your host, Kara Allen, the style goddess. And today I'm so excited about my guest. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's a coach. She's amazing. She's a manifesting master. Welcome, Natasha Graziano. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you, Queen. I love your show and I'm just honored to spend some time with you and your gorgeous audience. I am so honored that you're here. And so I'm so excited. I have a whole load of questions here for you. So get ready. (laughs) We're going to get into it. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your upbringing and your family. Like, where did you grow up? Um, How were your parents? What was the relationship like? Did you have siblings? Like, give us all the deets on that. So I grew up in Oxfordshire, which is in Mm. the countryside in England, in Mm. the UK. You can probably tell by the accent. Yes. (laughs) And I was at school there, four sisters. Well, there was four of us, four girls, one boy, so five total. Um, And it was fun. It was was a fun childhood growing up. I went through some crazy turbulence during my childhood, but... Family wise, I, you know, that was it. I was there. And then I moved to London, found myself in America, up to speed where we are today. <laughs> um, so did you know that you had a propensity for a particular skill or, ta- or talent when you were a child? And how did you know? What was it? Um, to be honest, no, I just knew I had a voice. Like I always mm. wanted to sing. I wanted to talk. I wanted to be on stage. I just always wanted to like do stuff. And then with my voice, and then I guess I started speaking occasionally, at, you know, in churches at Christmas, I do a reading and it would be a bit more than a reading. And then I did like mm. these drama exams at school and I would just be so over the top. And then I would just be like, Oh my God, th- this is, this is less about, I don't, I don't want to be talking about other people's words. I want to be me. That's yeah. what, that's what's shining through. I want to be, I want to speak my own words. So I started reading my own things and I started writing and studying and learning. And that skill eventually turned into an incredibly thick text of years and years and years and years of knowledge, mm. which I compressed down into a very small manual of just the bits that I wanted to put out there in the world, which was my first book, The Action Plan, okay. which was released a few years ago. And yeah, since then I've not stopped writing and, and speaking on stages and putting all of my wisdom and my knowledge and things that have been passed down to me through the centuries. Yeah, and here we are today. Nice. Was there anyone in your life that through your childhood and your teenage years that nurtured your wanting to have a, or having a voice or wanting to speak? Anyone in your family or anyone you knew that was like, girl, you need to get out there. I guess my mom was like, you know, you, you've got to do it. You've got to get, you've got to just get your voice out there. There's something that you've got to share. Now, I didn't know at the time mm-hmm. what I had to share right. was my trauma and my pain I'd been through. Mm. I thought it was, I, li- I literally thought, oh, it's, it's just me like sharing knowledge. But then the chaos happened in my life. Right. Like my life changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. I was so pushed away by my family. I was so aside from my family. I lost my way. I, you know, went through a crazy few years of my life of my body being exploited and then a drug addiction, being a webcam girl, and then a cycle of that, mm. which led me to the street. And it was horrendous. But from that, my mess became my message. From that, my journey became my freedom everything that i went through 
that was meant to be formed against me, every time someone tried to bring me down, every time I got brought down to the point where I was homeless, to the point where I lost everything. Mm. I had no money. I was in debt hundreds of thousands. When you get to that place, there's nowhere else to go. It's rock bottom after rock bottom. Yeah. Then I had an illness. So, you know, I think the illness for me was even worse in many ways. Like, I think being suicidal because you don't want to live anymore because you got an illness because it's taken your sparkle from you. Yeah. That was worse for me than anything. And that was when I shifted. Hmm. That's when I learned. That was only in 2018. So a lot's happened for me in the last few years. But that is where my story is. The journey of what I've been through the blessings of the curse. Mm -hmm. Like Rumi, the 16th century poet once said, let your pain be your cure. My cure was going through that trauma. My cure was having to go through adversity and pain so that I could go on and share with the world how I overcame it. And why do I have this platform? The platform I have was given to me which exponentially grows all the time. Why? Because I'm meant to share this with the world. I'm not meant to keep it in. I'm not meant to hold it back. I'm meant to share. So I help one person a day. It's how I saved a life last week. It's how I saved a life the week before. Mm. It's how I continue to save lives every day because I'm willing to put my vulnerability forwards. I'm willing to say, I went through a crazy time. And because I was this, and because I was in the worst rock bottom ever, I'm sharing with you how I overcame it, how you can overcome it too. Right. So what would you tell your younger self or someone that was your age or is your age when you started going through all this trauma? Like, what would you tell them to be grounded and kind of get through it and not become a victim of, you know, what happened, what's happening to you in that sense? So I would tell them to triple check everything you do. So when you do it once, when you send an email, don't send it. Mm. Reread it twice, reread it a third time, and then hit send. It's a golden rule. Whenever you make a decision, before you buy anything, are you? is that good for you? Ask yourself once, twice, thrice. When you ask yourself three times, mm-hmm. you have time to think about the answer properly. Half my decisions were made of impulse moments, Mm, impulsive moments or feeding the addiction, which I needed to feed in that moment because I couldn't, I couldn't escape it. So I had to earn money in a backwards way, right? Right. Bring in quick cash. Bad story, but that's the story that has led me to being who I am today. It's not a part of my future. It's not who I've been for 10 years, Mm -hmm. right? We're not the same person that we were yesterday than we are from five years ago, let alone 10 years ago. It's true. You're a different person every minute, every moment. Me being here today with you, I'm a different person. You're going to go away a different person, hopefully, after this. Someone else listening is going to go away a different person after this. We are a different person Mm -hmm. evolving. And sometimes you have to let go of friends. And sometimes you have to let go of family members. And sometimes you have to disconnect from the people that do not serve you anymore because they are pulling you down. They are taking your energy. They are still stealing from you they are not putting you up in the way you need in your new self in your new way and that's what my new book's about be it until you become it yeah because you can have family and friends they could be the worst sometimes oh, yeah. you know as far as oh, of course. not supporting Usually they are yeah not supporting or you know and then getting stuck in the past one of my favorite things i heard and i don't remember what who 
who said it, but it was yesterday ended last night. You know, as far as not holding on to things, wow. you know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, I say yesterday doesn't care about you. So why do you care about it? Well, that's true it's too. Same thing. <laughs> so don't care about yesterday because it don't give us about you. Right. You need to move forwards. You need to look at tomorrow. You need to look at today. Mm -hmm. What are you doing to leave a legacy after you're gone? What are you doing to show up in your highest? Right. If you continue to worry about the past, it will eat you up. Worry eats you up. Stress causes illness, ailments in the body. That's just the tip of the iceberg. It's true. Yeah. It's years off your life. You cannot live in the past anymore because that means they win. Yeah. That's his story, not your story. It's true. Yeah. Um, so what was your first job when you were a young adult or a teenager and what did you like about it and what sucked about it? <laughs> My first job as a teenager, I did temping. So Ooh. I would do door-to-door -door sales. I would knock on the doors and sell the temping agency that I was working for. So like a recruitment agency I would sell their services to every local business. Oh, wow. And I just remember knocking on doors and giving out leaflets. And that gave me the fire of being able, the confidence of being able to speak to people like, hey, I'm selling ice to an Eskimo right now. <laughs> like, this is going to work. Like, I don't know what the fuck the product was even about, but I made it work. <laughs> right. Like, I made it work. <laughs> and you just got it. And, and I just knocked on those doors. And now it's digital doors we knock on. Now we it's knock true. on digital doors when we say, hey, what's up? Knock, knock. Who's there? Hi, I'm selling this. Like when mm -hmm. you knock on doors, you're emailing, you're DMing, you're sending out things all the time. That's the same as knocking on a physical door like I did back then. So yeah, door-to-door -door sales was my first thing. Mm. And so like that had to foster a good sense of not caring about being rejected, right? Because that's you get a lot of doors slammed in your face, I would imagine with that, especially Oof. physical Oof. doors, you know what I mean? so many doors <laughs> it was horrendous when you get doors slammed in your face all the time you start to build tenacity you yeah. start to build resilience you're you know a bit more fired up each time because you know it's okay mm -hmm. and by the way it is okay you gotta lean into rejection you gotta lean into fear mm -hmm. doesn't mean you gotta face dive and just <laughs> land on your face but you gotta lean into fear because fear is just false evidence appearing real right. you're not gonna grow unless you lean into the fear into an uncomfortable space because comfort is the enemy of growth you're not gonna grow unless you lean into this discomfort so you got to lean into it that's how you know when you're growing that's imposter syndrome right there whole other topic but rejection right kind of the same topic <laughs> is when you know okay i've got to build resilience here's mm -hmm. the question when you are rejected how badly do you want it yeah if you want it you're gonna go back again no doesn't mean no in that way no sometimes means yes mm -hmm. remember that no sometimes means yes and that means with friends and families and boundaries and you putting up the no sign which sometimes mean yes or sometimes when someone says yes to you you just simply haven't asked them in the right way mm -hmm. so when you get no ask them in another way right or I, yeah i've heard this not them saying no to you it's them saying no to themselves like there's something they don't see about whatever you're offering at the moment that they don't see how it's going to be good for them Maybe we haven't done our job. I don't know. Maybe that could be it too. <laughs> yeah, like that could definitely be. It can be a reflection of what they're going through. Or maybe you need to up your own game mm -hmm. and step it up. Yeah. So that you offer more value than what you're asking for. And then it's a no brainer. You mm -hmm. want to remember this when it comes to sales, when it comes to giving, when it comes to business. 
always make someone else happy first mm -hmm. and then they will go out of their way to make you happy in return that's true so when did you learn about the concept of entrepreneurship and like what it what did it mean to you and, and was it something immediately where you're like that's definitely for me i'm tired of working for other people i'm tired of having to you know make somebody else's quota whatever it is like what was your first dive into entrepreneurship you know what for me it was it was when i started to find myself again when i started to come back when i was you know after i was homeless in 2018 i started to take pictures of myself to get money to get us into a hostel that night i tried mm. to every night you know when we, we didn't have a home for like three months we were staying in hostels every night well i was finding a space to live and we would go into these spaces and and i would and these were like horrendous to live in like freaking drug dens literally mm. it felt like drug dens like you wouldn't ever wish for you or your child to be in that space but boy i had no choice so i was selling things and then i went okay wait i have a business here if i look at all the influences online because 2018 was a big boom of influences right and i was looking at it and i was like if if i can and like bloggers right so if i was like if i could just take some pictures in clothes and mm -hmm. i only had like two trash liners of things belongings right on right. me but i was like if i could just take pictures in clothes put them on my instagram i still had an instagram because i was not gonna shut that why was i gonna shut that so i just left that open i don't want to show the shame of being homeless i want to show the place where i'm getting ill i don't want to show any of this mm. you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna try and get clothes together and take pictures and maybe a brand will sponsor me if i could just show that i am already sponsored by a brand so what i did i used my my brain i would say to the reason you take everything from me but you can't take my mind mm -hmm. you can't take my mind from me and so I went into charity shops, like thrift thrift stores, and I would take pictures in whatever they had, whatever clothes they had. And my mm. son would sit on the floor, play with all the toys in the shop, whatever they had. It was so cute. Mm. And, you know, he would stay busy with that. And this gave me hope every day. I would spend hours in these shops just making friends with the staff. And, you know, I didn't tell them I was homeless. I just said, hey, can I try on some things and take some pictures? And they had no idea I had nothing to go home to. I didn't have a home. I didn't have yeah. anything. But you know, I managed to get a roof over our head very quickly. Now, how'd I do it? Because after I'd realized about getting rid of all my jewelry and selling piece by piece, which we, I was getting tiny bucks for, I should have been getting thousands for these pieces. Mm. But of course, when you're desperate, you'll accept anything. Right. You're desperate. Right. It's like, you know, I was like, I, I just got to get a couple of hundred together to get a roof over our head for like a few nights. This will save us, you know, mm -hmm. this, will, this will get me off the street. And so then I took these pictures and I tagged brands. So it was as though I was working with them. So I'd take pictures of whatever they had in the store. And some of these places had really great stuff with tags on. It was like new. So I would take pictures wearing their clothes. And then literally about three days in, I remember one of the brands contacted me and they said, hey, Natasha, we love the post that you've just put up in one of our pieces. Mm -hmm. But it's like out of season. We love your content. Can we send you something more updated? Nice. And we'll pay you 150 pounds for it. It's like $200. Boy, that was the best money I ever received because I turned that 150 into a six, then seven, and now eight figure business. Right. How'd I turn that around? Because I used that money and I flipped it and I bootstrapped it until I started building. Yeah. And I used that and eventually got myself out of debt. Then was able to build and I realized I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna work for myself so I can be with my son. I can mm -hmm. take these pictures 
and people are going to send me stuff and pay for me to wear their stuff and promote their stuff. And then that evolved because in the caption was where the money was at the caption. Mm. I would talk about mindset and the caption. I would talk about the message of life and what I believed in all this knowledge. I told you I've been writing pages and pages and pages and pages mm. of studies for, for years. And I started working through finding a piece and putting it as a caption. And oh, it was, it was just a breath of fresh air to be, not desperate for money anymore right. <laughs> and, and suddenly knowing like I was living paycheck to paycheck at the beginning and then it evolved and it can for anybody but you've got to understand how business works and I, yeah. and I studied it I read like I got myself a mentor if you don't get into a program if you don't get involved in this stuff get yourself mentors you won't evolve you won't grow right so that was for me a blessing so who was one of your first or a few of your mentors that you really admired and then maybe you got to end up working with them or meeting them later? John Asaraf from The Secret was mm. one of my biggest ones. So I read The Secret when I was 15. So that's like 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. It would change my whole perspective. And of course, I kept that knowledge when I went through my crazy journey. And then I crashed because I didn't apply it. So what happens mm. when you read, but you don't apply, when you right. don't take action, when you just let it go in one ear and maybe <laughs> sit in your brain, but you don't do anything about it. It's as good as having books on a shelf that you've read and not doing anything about it. What's it's the true. point in having all this amazing knowledge if you don't do anything about it? And so I was like, what can I do about this? And it, it, it only really applied later on. So John, I had read about in The Secret, Lisa Nichols, I read about in The Secret, Dr. D. Martini. These guys ended up later on coming on my show. John nice. Asaraf ended up being best man at my my wedding on Clubhouse. Oh, that's so cool. Like he he's become a really close friend of mine and guided me so much. And, and I told him when I was at his house the other day, I said, Hey, you know what? I said, it's incredible. I said, you know, me, me and my husband were there with him and his wife were having some dinner. And I and I said, you know what's amazing? I said, John, you were one of my mentors I'd never met. And because of you and a few of the other authors in that book, I changed my life. I did a, a huge U-turn and I've grown to be the woman I am today and overcome mm -hmm. my past and overcome what I've been through. So yeah, he was, he was definitely one of them. Um, oh, there's so many humans who I work with and speak with. Like I'm on stage with, you know, I was on stage with Tony Robbins a few weeks ago. I was on stage last week with Gary Vee. Mm. And these guys, like Tony Robbins in particular, was somebody I really looked up to. I was named yeah. the female Tony Robbins. And then to be on a stage with him, I was like, whoa, this is nuts. You know, <laughs> we were on this virtual. It was online. It was online. But it was, uh, you know, to, to, to share the stages with people is, is yeah. amazing. Because it just shows anyone can do it. It just shows yeah. anyone can do it. If I can do it, and I came from the bottom, then yeah. you can you know? Yeah, it's really cool. I, I I saw this. I didn't read The Secret. I saw the movie when it, like 2009, I think is when I saw it. And I was just like, <laughs> that was the first time I'd been kind of exposed to Law of Attraction and all of that. And I thought, man, this is really cool. <laughs> so absolutely, it's life changing. Uh, so how old were you when you had your son? Um, I was 26, 27, 26. Yeah. So, and how has having him changed your life or how did it change your life as far as, you know, it's different when you're a young woman and you're single and it's just you, you got to care for, right? And then all of a sudden you have this little human you have to be responsible for. What, how did that shift your life? 
oh my god it made my why it created my why like why am i here on planet earth i'm here for him why mm -hmm. why am i doing what i do every day it's for him i want to be yeah. a role model to him i want to be a role model for him to grow up and say hey look what my mom's doing for other people mm -hmm. i want to be something greater than i am today he shifted my whole perspective he made me realize i could be something greater than i was at the time and so what's the like the most rewarding thing like when he something he says or how he runs around and or you know how kids are they just one day they'll be sitting there and they just pop something out of their face and you're like <laughs> what <laughs> you know like oh my god he said some deep stuff to me over the years you know like what like what do you do mommy and i was like i help people and he was like he was like how do you help people and then I told him, like, you know, I speak on stages and I help people through their life to be happier. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he was like, but what about me? And I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, I, I'm, I, you know, not really touched me because I was like, I'm with you all the time. I help you all the time. But that was a really deep moment because it was the what about me where I was like, the investors at the start of my career a few years ago. So I was like, I need to really, like, keep him with me and be have him like come with me almost so he does mm -hmm. he comes with me a lot of the time now when i speak on stages to show him like he's a big part of my journey and yeah yeah it's uh when kids ask you deep stuff it's so emotional you know? <laughs> so they know where to pull on your heartstrings i, I know they just know i know my granddaughter asked me one day mimi why do you love me so much? <laughs> I just looked at her. Aww. I was like, because you're my baby. I mean, your mommy's my baby too, but you're my baby too. So that's why I love you so much because you're part of my family. And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> just went on about oh her little God. business. <laughs> so cute. And girl, you do not look old enough to be a grandma. Oh my God. That's yeah. amazing. Congratulations. Thanks. So gorgeous. I claim to be a grandma. No grandmas here. <laughs> so. You know, I have three now. Amen. So it's interesting. I love that. You are a glamour. I love that one. Yeah. Gonna, when, when, when I have grandchildren, I'm like, I'm glamour. Okay? Yes. That's my name. That's a good name. I'm a glamour, but they call me Mimi. So, you know, it's how it is. But yeah. Um, so what legacy it. do you want to leave for your, do you plan on having more kids? And like, what's the legacy you want to leave for them too? Yes. Someday I'd love to. Maybe I'll adopt. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll, you know, maybe we'll have more naturally and adopt i want to do my orphanage which is so important to me mm. um and i want to be a big part of actually building that we're going to hopefully start a foundation at some point but at the moment just supporting other people's orphanages mm -hmm. i support lots of children's charities so that's a big pull on my heart a legacy i want to leave is that is reaching millions of children who we've saved through charities we've donated to yeah orphanages we've built around the world i want to continue with that and do it on a bigger scale i'd love to make a billion so i can give a hundred million to yeah. charity in one check just in one check like here please you know i that's a, a children are a big pull on my heart so that's you know the orphanages is a big one for me um and then leaving the legacy of my mbs method there after i'm gone not that not my name necessarily mm -hmm. it's about leaving the legacy of how to overcome fears, traumas, pains, how to better your life in health, wealth, abundance, love, happiness, right. using my MBS method, how to become the best version of you. So that's the legacy I want to leave. That's amazing. I love that.
It's because our kids are the future. You know, without them, yeah, we'll not? all die. <laughs> our life, everything will die, right? If we don't, totally. if we don't nurture that. Uh, so, how did when you were during the period when you were homeless? How did that change your view of yourself and the world? Like, how did that you you know being around other people and in an environment that you couldn't control? You know, with everything that was going on there. How did that shift you? Because that's something, that's one of those moments. It's just like something something shifts, <laughs> whether it's, you know, a good thing, bad thing, it shifts. It's just a reality check. It's just like, I knew it wasn't permanent and I prayed mm. that it was not going to be, you don't know. It's, it's terrifying it's actually because you don't know whether you're going to actually be like there every single day. Um, but I knew my mind and I knew I would find a way out. I knew I would find a way out and I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it didn't last for more than, you know, a day and a night. Technically for three months after that, we were still as such homeless because we didn't have a house. We were living hostel to hostel room, mm. to hostel room, mm -hmm. to somebody's couch. We didn't know that was weird. Right. Um, to like, you know, rooms we didn't, we didn't know eventually into a room in a house paying rent into. Got it. And, Go, we went back to my mom's house finally once you know the shame passes and the guilt and the it's tough you know it's tough mm -hmm. when you go through that stuff but that's it it's definitely a reality check it wakes you up it makes you go like i need to i need to change something's not right because when pain hits you whether it's physical emotional mental or spiritual right. it hits you to say you're going in the wrong direction that's true it's a reality check like you said or it's like a knock knock like um hello Something's not, yeah. uh, something's not right here. <laughs> we need to get Absolutely. it together. <laughs> and I knew it. And I knew it. It was like, I need to wake up. I need to, I need to totally wake up and, and change and evolve. And mm -hmm. this is the start for me. And it was like, everything had to go so wrong, um, to get to that place. So yeah. Yeah. And then when you got sick, like what got you through that? Cause I know that's another thing. Like if, when your health goes bad, man, you just like, it's, what do you do? Cause then you're, it's another out of control thing. You don't necessarily know maybe what's wrong with you and how it's going to get better or whatever. So like, what did, how did you get through that mentally? I, I got through that through my MBS method. That was mm. really what helped me. I invested like, I, I don't remember how much, like a hundred bucks in a program. And that was the best hundred bucks I ever spent. When I, put that a hundred bucks into this program. This program helped me to understand how I could overcome through simple exercises, pain, right. anxiety, because the anxiety off the back of the illness was worse than yeah. the actual illness. I had an overactive thyroid, right? Hypothyroidism, but the illness created, I was on heart medication. My heart was all over. Mm. Um, it was, a, there was a lot of stress and a lot that was going on that caused them three panic attacks a day. And so I was, because of that, that was almost worse to the point I was like bed bound. I wasn't getting out of bed. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that was a bad point, but how'd I overcome that? I started doing breathing exercises because I'll tell you a quick story. I was in Cyprus. I was sent to the Trudos mountains when I was about 18, right after I finished school, mm -hmm. school in the UK anyway. So that were high school. And when I finished school, I was, I was, I was rebelling. My parents could see this, this girl needs to go and have reality checks. So they <laughs> sent me away to this monastery, which was the most 
amazing experience for me now looking back on it but at the time i didn't see it you right know, 18 you don't see it we're milking cows every day we're oh, helping shed sh uh, sheep fur and mm. like you know like helping animals and cleaning bathrooms toilets and you know making our own food all together uh, from the wild it was a crazy experience yeah and, you know you're looked after by nuns and so and and sort of if you want monks in, in in this way so now i'm here and i'm not i'm kind and it was more priests than i would say more than monks but anyway whatever it was it was a more of a religious experience that we were doing and there were other children there now i tried to escape every day because i didn't see the value in this at the time right now if you sent me there i would love it i would see the value mm -hmm. I, would, I would be up for doing that kind of thing because i know it would be evolving my soul but back then at 18 you don't see it so i don't see it so all of a sudden I, I try and run away so i run into the the mountains where we are okay and i'm walking and i'm out walking one day and i'm walking down a hill to another mountain i'm just getting further and further and i'm going nowhere it's just the middle <laughs> of nowhere mm -hmm. and then i look across one of these mountains and i see sitting there peacefully on a hill very near where i was this man and he looked old he had like a long white beard a yogi and he was sitting there shirtless in the sun and he was doing this exercise with his chest so his chest was going in out like this his inhaling exhaling and his stomach and his chest was like contracting mm. and i found it really interesting to watch and he was doing a hum sound and like his hands and there was a whole stream of things so i watched him for seven days by about day three i remember i went back again I wasn't really trying to escape this time because I realized that I was stuck in this monastery. And so I just went to where he was. I was more intrigued by what he was doing. And I asked him, can I sit down with you? So I made my way over to where he was in this part of the mountain. And I sat with him and he said, yeah, please join in. And hmm. I sat with him and he looked maybe I'm 80 years old. The guy was 104 oh, wow. years old. Oh, my God. 104 years old. That's and so wild. Anyway, I sat with him and it was amazing. We we just breathed together. We, he showed me what breathing is. He explained how the breath can either heal you or kill you. Mm. And he was a breatharian, so he lived on the breath. He lived on light. He lived on, you know, plants. It was an amazing story. Wow. But he showed me how to breathe. And so he said, this is how you breathe and breathing can heal you. Now, I put that to bed, didn't think about it again, but I learned these mm. ancient breathing techniques that have passed, been passed down to him by his great grandpa and so on. And it was a beautiful story. So I put that away, didn't think about it. A few years later, when I got my illness, I then realized, oh my God, if I could get hold of the yogi that I met, who I obviously had the address of. So I wrote to him, he wrote back and said, here, can come on a video call with me and we sat on a video call when we sat on the video call he taught me how to do the breathing again now instead of me shutting the laptop after i spoke to him okay and i don't know if he's still around now he's probably like if he if he's alive he'll be so old oh, but anyway at the time i remember and i shut this laptop and instead of just putting the the laptop away after doing these breathing exercises i went into a guided meditation because when you do mm. breathing how he showed me these ancient practices mm -hmm which are so powerful and so healing. Actually, what happens is, is you go into a heightened state of awareness, an altered state of awareness. You relax so much, you go into your parasympathetic nervous system. Mm, and so mm -hmm. when he was doing it, I was already so calm. So now I did a meditation on the back of it. And there and behold was born my MBS method, which is a combination of ancient breathing techniques, deep guided meditation, removing the limiting beliefs that's inside of you, 
anchoring, visualizing what you want to achieve, and then creating all wow. in your alpha and theta state. So that's the long-winded version of my very <laughs> sorry about that short no, story. No, it's cool. That's really, I mean, what are the odds of you wandering through the woods and come up on this man <laughs> doing cool I breathing? Know, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. Our I lives know, are just wild, right? That's just crazy. Um, so what advice would you give to a single mom who feels discouraged about, you know, her life is just not going the way she wants it to. She's had some setbacks, you know, what would you say? What, what advice would you give her? You know, to the mom that's listening and boy, I'm going to tell you now, make your mess your message. Make your setback your comeback, mm -hmm. okay? And a great quote that you're going to love, behind every great setback is an equal or greater set up. Mm -hmm. I believe that's by Napoleon Hill. So just remember, yeah. you can come back. You do not have to sit back and set back. You don't have to wait. You don't have to be destroyed. When something tries to go against you, let it be the boost you need to come out of it, to use it as your story, yeah. to come back with it as vengeance to the, the beautiful mission you have. Like, hey, it's okay that something tried to stop me in my tracks, that something tried to pull me down. Today is my chance to re-show right. up. Mm -hmm. Every day you recommit to yourself. I want to show up today. I want to be the best version of myself today. Today, I want to help someone. And today I'm going to share my story for the greater good. Because who misses out if I don't show up? Mm -hmm. Who misses out if I don't do this mission? Who misses out if I don't get out of bed today? My right. children, my future children, the charity, the children in that charity, the world. You're not doing a justice to yourself or the world if you don't show up at your highest for today. That's true. That, that's good. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> um, so how's the law of attraction changed your life? And are there any things that you manifested it and then after you got it you were like whoa i don't know if i wanted that like maybe i didn't want that <laughs> that kind of thing you know the law of attraction is always happening yeah. whether we believe in it or not it's happening all around us right i am so grateful that i understand it yeah. because i understand that whatever we think and feel strongly is going to just come into our reality so yeah i've had numerous times where i've thought about something super negative for ages and then it comes to fruition it's like mm. when you think I don't want to fall in the hole. No, no, I don't want to fall in the hole. You're going to fall in the hole. So you've just got to recognize that you can design your life. You are the creator, yeah. the architect of your life. And if you choose to ignore that and just allow negative thoughts to sit in your mind, negative feelings to soak yeah. and infiltrate you, you will become that because your thoughts become your feelings. Your feelings become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Right. And your habits are you. That's true. And so now thinking about all the things you manifested, what was the quickest time it took to get something and what took the longest? Um, the quickest time was literally 24 hours. Mm. So I, you know, I would say I've manifest, I manifested a car in 24 hours. I manifested my husband in three weeks. The cool. things that took the longest is when I believed inside of me that they actually couldn't happen and wouldn't happen. Right. Oh, that won't happen to me. Oh no, that's not my, 
you know, my life, that's her life. That's not going to happen to me. I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as her. Mm. No, those are the times when I wish I hadn't have done that because it took years to come. Yeah. So I realized I've got to remove the limiting belief inside of me to get rid of these traumas that are storing. Right. That's true. So are you and hubby manifesting anything that you want to build together besides the orphanage? Oh, but yeah, what is it? Sure. I mean, the orphanage is a big one for us. We are just manifesting that we reach more people, that we mm. serve more people, that we show up and, yeah. you know, become better people. And yeah, that's really where we're going towards at the moment. Hmm. So, you know, I'm the style goddess. What's your favorite thing to wear that makes you feel amazing? You know what? I love wearing pink. I love the color. <laughs> I feel good in it. But my actual favorite thing to wear is like fluffy clothes. Like mm. they, they look real fluffy and soft and like sheepskin stuff. Like yeah. it just looks <laughs> fluffy. I just love, I literally live in that. Like I live in that stuff. It's like trackies and, you know, hoodies that are made in that fluffy stuff. I love it. I yeah. live in that. So what are some things now that you've bought that you couldn't afford before that you were like, I can't, I'm so happy and blessed that I can buy this now. What's one or two of those things that you, you clothes wise or anything like that? You're just like our trips or whatever, like what something mm. that you said, man, I'll never houses. be able to afford that. Uh, houses. Houses. Okay. I never thought I'd be able to afford houses. I got beautiful villas around the nice. world. You know, I rent them out. I have a, you know, there's a, a beautiful part of my journey is building these villas and I rent them out and then they're used for different events, charity sometimes, or maybe events for people to stay in or just I rent them out and I love it. I love that my, you know, home that I'm, I'm in here, you can't see, but like my beautiful view of the ocean. Mm. You know, I just, I appreciate just being able to buy now because I didn't think that was possible for me. So when I tell you this, I tell you because you can do it too. Right. This is not me. This is not just Natasha. This is like, look how much I've been through. Yeah. So if I'm able to do it, honey, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me all about your new book and when it's coming out. I'm so excited. The new book, Be It Till You Become, is out probably around now, August 2nd. So you will be able to buy this anywhere you can buy a book. Just go to your local bookstore, go online. The best place to do is just go to beituntilyoubecomeitbook.com. And then when you do that, beituntilyoubecomeitbook.com, guess what? You're going to get a free program, which is worth more than the book, more than the, oh, it's just amazing. You're going to learn so much in the program. Get the free program. And then when you buy the book, that's how you get the free program. You just put the receipt number in. You get a free nice. program on how to be it until you become it. This is where neuroscience meets ancient wisdom. And this Love will help it. you to become a happier, more fulfilled and better person in all my 12 steps. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. I love that. That's awesome. So and any other events or anything that um, are coming up and any, that people could come see you at? just the book okay. come and grab me in the book with that right now that's the best place and okay. you know i always hang with you on clubhouse on a sunday so girls <laughs> and guys and everybody else come and join us on clubhouse every sunday we want to see you there it's always real fun 8 a.m every 8 a.m pacific 11 a.m eastern every sunday when i can be there and there but you know, the law of attraction room, our room always runs every Sunday, law of attraction secrets. But you know, the best thing right now, if you want to change your life, honestly, my actionable step for you is to take 
action. Mm -hmm. So don't just listen to what I'm saying. Don't apply it. Listen to what I'm saying and hit that link, for example. Go and make the decision right. today to download that free program, which is worth $500 or maybe it's 997 I don't know <laughs> what, what it's worth. From there. But boy, you don't waste time. Go now and step up into your power. This is yeah. your chance and your moment to take action. Because if you leave it on the shelf like I did, then you don't know where your life goes. It kind of goes nowhere, right? <laughs> Getting control, yeah. Getting control. Don't stay stagnated. Yes. Don't stop. And for everybody who doesn't know, Clubhouse is an app. It's an interactive podcast. You can go on and go in rooms and listen and interact with people. So definitely check that out. Check out the, the Law of Attraction on Sunday with Natasha and all the other fantastic people that show up there. It's been an amazing conversation with you. Thank you so much. It was an honor and a privilege to have a great interactive conversation with you and tell everybody where else they can find you IG or any of your other platforms. Sure. Hit me up anywhere. And Natasha Graziano on every platform and send me a DM. Yeah. I'd love to get in touch with you guys. Natasha Graziano on every platform. I'm going to give you my links, Cara, so you can maybe put them below for everyone to tune into. Um, but yeah, get yourself a book, buy it for a family member, mm -hmm. share it, share the message. Like it's a great gift telling someone like, I believe in you. Like, I'm so excited for you. I love it. When I show up to somebody's house, I always take a book, always take a book as a gift. I'm like, this is my friend. She wrote a great book. Or like when a member of staff comes over to my house, they leave. I'm like, take this book. It's going to change your life. I love it. So I love helping people by giving them new knowledge. I love that. I love your energy. It's infectious. And thanks so much. I'm so excited that everybody's going to get to just experience you from this interview and enjoy your book. So, and definitely we'll have you back, you know, after the book drops and we'll talk about it a little bit more. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. It's such a joy. Thank you. Thank you.